CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey gang, welcome into this edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks for hanging out with Don and I as we talk investing, finance, and retirement here on the podcast. We're going to get into the GameStop stock situation, say that three times fast on this episode, and chat with Don as we always do and talk about some of these things. And if you've got questions or concerns, you should know what to do. But if not, let me remind you, before you take any action on anything you hear on our show or any others, you should always check with a qualified professional like Don. 800-664-1183 is how you talk with him. He's a CPA and a CFP. 800-664-1183. And Don, my friend, welcome in. How are you? What's going on? Mark, doing well. And, you know, just trying to get through the winter. Tons of snow out <laughs> what here. What you were saying, look yeah. the window. But that's, you know, pretty normal for February around here. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? At the time we're taping this podcast, it's just a little bit after that. So are you a Super Bowl kind of guy? Did you enjoy? What's your What's your thoughts? Yeah, actually, I am a, a Super Bowl kind of guy. I like the way you describe that, Mark. A Super Bowl kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoy the game, and this was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, my theory now when I watch sports, Mark, uh-huh. I always root for the player that's closest to my own age. Oh so. well, yeah. There you go. Well, clearly that's got to be Brady, right? I think he's the oldest guy on the field for sure. Might be the oldest guy in the league uh, at this point. So. That's for sure. No no doubt I was rooting for him. And as much as I was rooting for him, Mark, the other guy, Pat Mahomes, was oh, clearly so the best athlete on the field. He's so good, isn't he? Crazy. Crazy good. He is. Yeah. He is. What else is going a on? Fun, a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad. You know, just, even though they had like half of the stands were cardboard cutouts. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, it's so strange. <laughs> half of them were actual fans. It was still a lot of fun because it just felt like, you know, a more normal football game with a bunch of people, a lot of noise, a lot of cheering, you know, a lot of action and drama and a good storyline, right? The old guy against the young buck and who's going to win and, you know, we, are we going to supplant the old guy? And right. It was just yeah. a lot of, and of course, the commercials are a lot of fun as well. Different this year, though. A lot of people did not do commercials. They were donating their funds to COVID relief and things of that nature. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of drama. We've had a lot of other things going on uh, here in early February as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Last week, as you know, was Groundhog Day, right? right. February 2nd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in many ways, Mark, we've talked about this in the past. It feels like the movie Groundhog Day. Remember we discussed that movie a while ago? Oh, yeah. Now we have uh, this month or over the past month, we have Trump impeachment, right? Take two. (laughs) You know, maybe it will be an annual January event, right? Because it happened in January of 2020 as well. Right. We have stimulus bills. We've had that last year. Republicans and Democrats calling each other names. And, you know, that happens Pretty much all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. 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 But we talked January, right? Or uh, I guess in December, you and I spoke about the January 1st effect and tempering expectations for 2021, right? Uh huh. I was right. Yeah. We talked about that on our uh, January podcast as well. So those expectations, again, it's, it's been weird. It's There's a lot of drama going on. We've got just a lot of things happening. There's a lot going on on the horizon, you know, with uh, COVID, but there's also a lot of good news. It's not all bad. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we talk about the year repeating itself kind of like half in jest, right? But as you mentioned, there's actually a lot of good news on the horizon for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, virus cases are down by 
over 50%. I was reading the, the front page of the uh, Wall Street Journal today. Oh, okay. We'll throw up a link on that. It was a very good article. Yeah. Uh, hospitalizations are also down significantly just about all across the country. And many states are easing restrictions. It's you know leading certainly to an expectation of an increase in economic activity along with these stimulus bills that should lead to more jobs and a stronger economy for sure more employment but and guess what mark hmm. new york city will allow indoor dining as of this week just in time for valentine's day woohoo all right now is that full capacity or still reduced no it's reduced reduced still uh, I, yeah i'm not sure what the number is and here in new jersey they also expanded the reduced i guess if you say okay, that expand right. the reduced yeah so we um we had been from you know quite some time at 25% capacity which we talked about this as well. Yeah. Everyone looks the other way because if I go out to <laughs> right. eat with my wife at a restaurant yeah. on a Saturday night, there's no way in the world it's a 25% capacity, but they bumped it up. I think it's at 40% or maybe a little bit more than oh, that. Okay. Now. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. And obviously the vaccines have had a lot to do with this and we're seeing that and that's a good thing, uh, you know, definitely. No, I mean, you know, certainly that's a, I think a big part of the story, Mark, something like 35 million people oh, wow, yeah. have received their first jab, as they say <laughs> in the UK, vaccine. Right. You know, from I think most of them, it's a two-shot regime. Yeah, right? depending That's, on the maker, yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's Pfizer and Moderna as the two shots. But 35 million, about 10% of the population has gotten the first shot. Okay. But in addition to that, it's very interesting, according to the CDC, over 25 million people have actually tested positive for this virus. Mm -hmm. And they estimate that the actual number of cases are really many times more that because so many people don't show symptoms. Right. right? And sure. Early yeah. in early on, you know, many months ago, there were a lot of people with mild symptoms that didn't even get tested. So they're saying there could be well over a hundred million people who have had exposure or had the virus. And if you add that to 35 million people who have been vaccinated, you know, we might be getting closer to population immunity. Well, I mean, and that's the case too, right? I mean, a lot of these things take time. If you go back and look at any of these other ones before we had the advent of the modern medicines, I mean, you know, it was Spanish flu it was like five years, I think that it was around, you know, so the fact that we're able to up this timetable is certainly impressive and getting things done. And, and that same phenomenon we are seeing happening all over the world, not just, you know, here in the States, which is good as well. But Don, with all that aside, let's turn our attention to the topic that I mentioned at the top of the show, the whole GameStop stock story that's been a buzz for like the last 10 days or so. Now, it seems to be sort of fizzling out, but there could be more to go with this, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring it back up. Yeah, obviously, this group of young stock pickers on social media really just pushed the um, the hedge fund into an interesting situation. Drove the the cost up from like forty bucks a share to like three hundred and fifty something like that in a couple of weeks. So, you know, tell us what happened. Kind of give us a breakdown a little bit, Don, and what lessons maybe we can learn from it. Yeah, I mean, it was all over the headlines, right? For probably a good week or so. Right. And there are so many different players involved. You mentioned hedge funds and social media and young day traders and different platforms like Robinhood and E-Trade and different, you know, the platforms where the uh, traders make their trades. Right. And it wasn't like GameStop, but it was AMC movie theaters, 
right? It was a Blackberry. Yeah, I didn't even know Blackberry was still around. Blackberry. I remember yeah. I had one of those like 10 years ago. Everybody a had a Blackberry, yeah. Oh, I have a funny Blackberry story. Maybe one day in the future we'll, we'll tell that okay. one. But it was a wild ride. But you mentioned that GameStop went from $40 mm-hmm. to almost $350 a share. And you know what the price is today, Mark? You know, I hadn't looked, but I'm going to guess... I'm gonna guess half. Eh, let me let me say seventy bucks. Yeah, it's a good guess by the way. Okay. It's actually as of this morning, it was forty nine dollars. Oh, okay, well, yeah, because right. the company's. It really wasn't about the company, right, Don? This really had nothing to do with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that, but okay. it was a, truly a roller coaster, right? So you go from forty dollars to three hundred and forty seven to forty nine, and you know the same thing <laughs> happened with these other stocks. So right. you know, you got into the question as to why did it happen? Right. Why the drop? Why the run up? And you know, it's a great question, and that's something that that everyone's sort of trying to unravel, right? And figure out. I guess for the most part, like mm-hmm. say, how do I take advantage of this myself? Sure, right? yeah, yeah. But it had a lot to do with something called short selling. Okay. Right? right. We've all heard that term, short selling. But these are actually stock pickers, mostly hedge funds, that bet on the stock price going down in value. Okay. So if you look at these three companies at GameStop, right? They sell video games in malls and AMC movie theater chain and BlackBerry. They sell uh, cell phones, even before the uh, smartphone. They're all distressed companies. So you think it would make sense, right, to bet against them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's something that hedge funds do on the regular. So how do you make money if the stock goes down? Because it does seem weird, I guess, off. Very counterintuitive, right? Right. So when a short seller bets against the company, they actually get this. They actually borrow the shares of stock. Mm Mm-hmm sell it and promise to buy it back and replace it at a future date. <laughs> Weird, right? Yeah, very. But it all backfired, as you said, when a bunch of social media savvy day traders ran up the stock price. So yeah, it, it's like this. I'll give you like a, a real world type of comparison. Okay. So let's turn the, the clock back a year. Say it's January 1st, 2020, right? So a little more than a year ago, pre-pandemic. All right. right. So you asked to borrow a warehouse full of paper towels, toilet paper, and hand sanitizer from your hypothetical friend who owns a warehouse for three months. Okay. And you're thinking, for whatever reason, you're thinking there's going to be a big drop in the price of these items for whatever reason you think that might happen, right? Mm -hmm. So you borrow the items, you sell them on January 2nd, the next day pocket $10,000, let's say it's worth that, and promise to pay it back on April 1st when you think the price of these items will drop and you can buy them back for like maybe $5,000 on April 1st and give them back to your friend. (laughs) But what happens? A pandemic hits. uh Unforeseen. The price of the warehouse items goes to $100,000 if you can even get it. And you lose a ton of money in the process. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. So basically, these guys got together and they, you know, they basically trapped them, right? So the hedge fund guys had to buy back the stock at a certain point at a higher price, and it caused more demand. And that's why now the stock has now dropped down to 49 
Absolutely right. Okay, so, got it. You know, keep in mind, there's a lot of hype involved. And right. We talk about social media driving the price. But this is very much a like a David and Goliath type narrative, right? Mm-hmm, right. It, it causes a lot of disruptions. And these trading platforms like you know, E-Trade and Robinhood and you know, some of these different sites that create the buzz. I forgot the name off the top of my head, but there's different sites that, that kind of get the buzz out there. Oh, the Reddit inter- was where a lot of it got Reddit, started. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. one. Thank you. Yep. They're the intermediaries in the drama, uh, you know, along with these other mutual fund giants that own the stock, mm-hmm. right? So just think, there are mutual fund companies that you know, bought the stock maybe a year ago or two years ago. And the people that got really hurt are the small investors who bought it at $347 a share, right? Right, thinking it was they, the next big thing, yeah. Right. They yeah. often know you know, very little about how markets work. They're drawn to the social media buzz. And eventually, enough investors sold the stock, and it crashed. So a lot of these small-time investors are hurt when they fall off this roller coaster. And the big guys, like the mutual fund companies, make a killing. You know, ultimately... It's the value. The value of the stock mm-hmm. is really based on the present value of its future cash flows. You can't get away from the fundamentals, and there was nothing fundamentally that indicated that the stock, you know, should rise ten times in value in two weeks. You know, professional managers know this, and amateurs just get caught up in the emotions. Well, you know, it's really funny, Don. So we've gone through this story and I got to share a funny little bit to full disclosure here. I used to work for GameStop about 15 years ago and a long time ago. And I don't know, my probably 10 years ago or so, I just bought some stock along with other things and had some in my portfolio. And you know how when you've worked at a place in your past or whatever, and you see them in the news, sometimes you, you pay attention, you know, it just kind of catches your eye. It's like, hmm, I wonder why they're in the news. And I, I had known from 2020 that they were in real bad shape due to the nature of their business. Just people aren't going to retail and you can buy games online, direct download them from wherever and all that kind of stuff. And so I, you know, I was kind of aware of that. And then when I saw in the news with this and I saw the stock price going up, to your point about amateurs, I was like, wow, I paid a really low amount for this 10 years ago and it's up. I'm going to sell it. So I got out of it, you know, before it started to drop back down and I made a, a nice little profit. So to me, that's kind of partly luck and partly long-term investing. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of both. Okay. You know, for sure. I mean, you've had it a long time. You weren't speculating. No, on not it, at right? all. No. You know, you see something run up 10 times more than, you know, what it, the the market thought it was worth a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes sense to, you know, the adage is, the axiom is buy low and sell high. Right. Which right? is what I did. And this was obviously quite high. But it also gets back to another axiom, Mark. Okay. I use the, the um, acronym DDM. You know what that stands for? I don't. Don't doubt Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been right twice in the last you know, three months, and and I'm on a roll, I guess. Apparently, right? Well, I mean, I, I compliment you, right? I love you, but you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, That's fantastic. But, you know, getting back to your prognostication for 2021, right? Right, and, right. And this, it's very funny, but. You know what? It kind of reminds me of this the all the, the drama and the story. Have you ever seen this TV show from like 20 years ago called The King of Queens? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Kevin Kevin James, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Leah Remini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, he's like a UPS worker or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. So this episode that was I was watching last week, it reminded me so much like the GameStop story. Okay. So as you mentioned, the husband and wife characters, Doug and Carrie, are their names, you know, in the in the, in the show, TV yeah. show. They're a young married couple living in Queens, uh, New York, New York City. As you mentioned, he's a UPS driver and she works in an office. And there's an episode where Carrie wants to get rich picking <laughs> stocks, right? Right, right. Convinces Doug to invest $3,000 into a stock that they know nothing about. It was kind of like GameStop. Gotcha. Okay. The irony is, you know, she's thinking big. She's asking him questions like, don't you want to live in a big house? And don't you want to travel to Europe and, you know, uh, and enjoy the finer things in life? And, and Doug's like, I just want to go to Coney Island and, and have a hot dog <laughs> and, you know, have a good day with my friends, something like right, that. Right. So ultimately she convinces him and they get totally addicted to listening to stock news, looking at their laptops getting into marital fights when the stock crashes and they sell all of their shares for pennies on the dollar and learn their lesson. And the irony about this, Mark, this episode was actually recorded like just before the dot-com bubble burst. Oh yeah. Okay. 1999, somewhere around there. You know, we should post the episode on our site. It's definitely funny to watch. I'm sure it's all over YouTube and you can pull it up. uh, Yeah, you can probably just pull it up on YouTube, I'm sure. But yeah, absolutely. You know, I guess there, you know, the lesson in all this, Don, is is just not to get greedy. I I saw a gentleman who who put like 300,000 in on this when he heard about this and he got lucky and got out in time to make a little bit of money. But to your point, there's a lot of folks who might have gotten hurt on the situations like this. So you got to be careful about that greed factor. No, no doubt about it. We talk about this all the time, right? In times of crisis or exuberance, don't get greedy or fearful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make a plan, stick to it, stay disciplined. I mean, who wants to keep your eyes glued to the TV or the smartphone or the computer <laughs> exactly. anyway, right? Exactly. I mean, for those of us who are over 50, you know, how many good years of active life do we have, right? So let's make the most of our time with our family and friends, keep healthy, active, and you know, try to contribute to those around us. Well, you know, I got to ask, and I'm sure that most of your clients do not fall into traps like this, but do you have any that just kind of call and ask, hey, what's going on? Is this, you know, is this something to pay attention to? What was the response there? Yeah, it's pretty rare that they call and ask, you know, uh, about it in relation to wanting to do it themselves. Okay. If I don't, I really sure. don't get that at all. Okay. But there's, you know, there are people that do fall into the trap. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And this, this is where we can help. You know, I bet there's those in, in my client's family. In fact, I know this or your family or those that you know that do fall into this trap of mm-hmm. thinking that they're going to get rich quick. Right. right. I think this is especially, Mark, a problem with, with young people. Sure. Uh, and younger men in particular. You know, the lockdowns over the year have dramatically increased this phenomenon of online gambling. Mm. And you see this all the time, even in the Super Bowl. There's draft kings and this site and that site. You could bet on just about everything. And this is just another form of gambling. So people think they might look at these charts and graphs on their computer and make an educated decision. But they have to know that there are millions of people all over the world with access to the exact <laughs> same information. Right. So there's no special inside info that you have that you have access to and if you do have inside information it's illegal right 
So if you know someone or anyone who's listening knows someone who's dabbling in this area, just talk to them. I mean, tell them how you've gotten to where you are in life, right? And likely it's from hard work, discipline, delayed gratification, and spending less than you earn for a long period of time. It's kind of boring, right? When people don't find that exciting, but the quality of life exists when you could put the money worries behind you and focus on relationships and you know, spending your time to build your legacy in life. Well, you know, it certainly was an interesting story. We probably haven't seen the last of it. There'll probably be more coming along. And to Don's point and the point I make on the show all the time, you know, you never want to risk more than you can afford to lose anyway. And you want to have a good plan in place. So if you need some help, reach out to Don at 800-664-1183 or stop by his main website at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com or 800-664-1183. And, you know, I shared my little story there with, with my little thing with Game stop as well. And it's not like I had a, you know made enough money to quit my day job, right? I'm here talking and doing the shows. So, you know, it's just be smart, have a plan, all those good pieces that we talk about quite often here on the podcast. And we're going to transition and wrap it up this week with a little getting to know you. We haven't done one of these in a while. Step outside the financial chatter for a moment or two and just ask fun, random off the wall questions. So Don, if you had to be stuck at a certain age, what would it be? That's a great question. It's funny you ask that because it's a, a question I don't really ask myself, Okay, but it's a, it's a question that my father used to bring up a lot for him, mm. for his life. Okay, So he used to say that if he had to be any age, mm-hmm. and I, re- I remember him saying this several times, that's why it kind of stuck in my head, it would be 29 years old. <laughs> I was going to say 30. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. 29. I guess at that point, you know, you're still strong and you... You're healthy. You have kids and a wife, at least for him. You know, he, he had all of his kids in his 20s. My my mom did as well. Mm-hmm. And a wife, a, a good job. And he enjoyed playing golf. So his golf game was still good at that point. So he had good relationships and, I guess, fulfillment mm-hmm, right. in life. And so that, I think that was a good age, 29 or 30. And I think, you know, what he said made a lot of sense. But if I had my druthers, I, I think I would like to have my my current mind and my 29-year-old body. <laughs> yes, yes, all right. of that. Give me all of that. Exactly. Yes, I definitely wouldn't want my 29-year-old mind, <laughs> for sure. I was way too immature. Well, it's better than your 21-year-old mind, right? Oh, yes, I, correct. Yeah. I like to think my mind has gotten better over over years, like a fine wine. Exactly. Right? <laughs> As the Frank Sinatra song used to say. Mm-hmm. But I was way too immature mentally at that point. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know what? I love my current age. I just like a little bit more energy and less aches and pains. <laughs> I'm with you there. I saw a great meme that said, uh, welcome to adulthood. I hope you like ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty humorous. Well, that's going to do it this week. So, folks, as always, don't forget, you can have a 15-minute conversation with Don. Reach out to him. There's no cost or obligation. If you need some help, if you've got some questions, he is a CPA and a CFP at Donald W. Cash & Associates. You can call him at 800-664-1183. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those types of platforms. We're on all the major ones. And you can find it all at Don Cash Podcast. Dot com. That's doncashpodcast.com. My friend, I will see you next time here on the show. Thank you for your time. You're well, Mark. Be safe and sane, folks, and we'll catch you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. 
Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.